I'm Dick Summer, and it's time to say goodnight. This is a quiet place to rest your head, a safe place to hide a hurting heart, a gentle place to fall. We just call this place goodnight. Pimple people, guys of the world, you're blowing it with your no-sex nonsense. I am sitting here in my big, comfortable, manly, black leather papa chair, and I'm looking at an amazingly stupid statistic. It's from a legitimate general social survey, and it says men between the ages of 18 and 29 are having less sex than ever because they're afraid of approaching women for sex. And listen to this. The number of these guys has about tripled from 10% in 2008 to 28% in 2019. You that? that means almost one out of every three young guys are suffering from this no-sex nonsense because they're afraid to try to talk a woman into bed. Hey, thanks for dropping in with me here on this podcast, but let's play a little game, huh? Suppose you're on a flight on a crowded airplane, the weather is really nasty, and a 25-year-old pilot gets on the PA system and he says, Don't worry, folks, I have everything under control. Confidence oozing from his voice. Now, you have to have confidence in yourself to be a pilot. I mean, you have to be sure that whatever happens, you'll be able to deal with it. So you're flying upside down, and the uh, left wing is wiggling a little bit too much, and the weather is really nasty, huh? You gotta be able to feel like you can deal with that. So, under these circumstances, don't you wonder if your pilot is one of the 30% of guys who is afraid to talk one of the stewardesses into bed? I mean, if that's the case, how much can you really depend on him to keep control of the airplane? Here's another example. There are 11 players on a football team, okay? There are two teams, so there are 22 players in the game. Now, most of them are in the 18 to 29 demo. So, next time you're watching two teams in an NFL game on TV, when you try to figure out which of those 6-foot, 300-pound guys on the field are afraid of women... Meantime, over in the MLB, Major League Baseball, there are nine guys in each team. So altogether, 18 guys, and one-third of that is a little bit more than five guys spitting and scratching in their Major League way. So which five of those guys are afraid of women? What do you think? On the basis of what little we know of his personal life, Derek Jeter was not one of those guys. I was in a doctor's office recently. There was a form the receptionist gave me to fill out. And one of the questions on it was sexual preference. And the choices were male, female, and non-binary. Non-binary. That was a new one on me. With all due respect, I can't tell you how glad I am I didn't have to check that one off. (laughs) I couldn't resist putting my sexual preference in there. I said my sexual preference is as frequently as possible (laughs) because that is my sexual preference. 
And I know that's the kind of answer that gets me kicked out of so many places. Now, here's another no-sex nonsense statistic for you. 98% of American licensed pilots are guys. Lots of reasons for that. Some of them are cultural. Some are physical. Physically, women's brains are really wired differently from ours. They're certainly not inferior, my God, no. But they are different. And that's just one of the wonderful differences between men and women. Some of the smartest women I know have a hard time telling the difference between left and right. And that is not a help with navigation. Which way are you going to go? I don't know. Women's brains are just wired differently from guys. I personally think that's why women seem to get more headaches than men do, as in, not tonight, dear, I have a headache. (laughs) How often do you hear a guy saying that to his half-naked, heavy-breathing girlfriend in the middle of the night? Hmm. Well, 30% of the time now, I guess. It's testosterone that keeps guys from getting headaches like that. And as you know, testosterone is the chemical that makes a guy a guy. But here is a shocker for you. This is true. Testosterone levels in young American men are down almost 50% since the mid-1980s. I got my pilot license in 1983. There were around 750,000 American licensed pilots. The uh, last stats that I saw were around a year ago. And what they said was, we're down to around 500,000 American licensed pilots now. That means we've lost about a third of American licensed pilots in that time since I started flying. I gotta wonder, is it the same one-third as the no-sex, nonsense guys in the statistics who are afraid to talk women into bed? Coincidence? I don't know, maybe. But I do know the airlines are screaming for pilots now. They've gone so far as to offer scholarships. If you qualify for an airline after training, some of them will pay your training costs, which can be pretty high. So, here's how it affects you. Lots of times, when a flight is canceled or delayed, it's because there's a problem finding a pilot. Most new pilots are in that 18 to 29 male demo. So, Next time you're sitting at a major airport for an extra five hours due to a canceled or delayed flight, could well be that it's because some guy was suffering from this no-sex nonsense. He was afraid to fly an airplane or to talk a young woman into bed. Dick's Details, a bunch of totally unimportant stuff for you to stuff in one ear so you can squeeze the important stuff that's driving your nuts out the other ear, and you can relax and talk her into whatever you both want and need in a nice, quiet, non-trembling voice. The entire town of Whittier, Alaska lives in one giant hotel. That's true. That sounds like a good use of shared bodily warmth in the cold Alaskan winters, doesn't it? Of course, that's depending on the confidence level of at least 70% of Alaskan guys. If the answer is eat more whole foods, what is the question? 
If the answer is eat more whole foods, what is the question? You don't know, do you? Of course not, I haven't told you yet, but I will in a minute. If the answer is eat more whole foods, what is the question? We were talking about airlines a few minutes ago. Most of them have first class, business class, and steerage. Now there is an airline that has a totally different class for long overnight flights. It's called the Love Suites class. Seems they have beds for long distance overnight flights, and the airline is called Virgin. Hey, you know, that seems like a conflict of interest to me. The airline is called Virgin. It features long distance love suites with a bed for overnight flights. Isn't that a problem for these no sex nonsense guys? I mean, how would they manage to tell a woman, we're flying love suites class with an overnight bed on Virgin Airlines? It's probably gonna be some little light the pilot turns on. It says, please remove your seatbelt and everything else on Virgin Airlines. I don't know. In 1954, the temperature in Spearfish, South Dakota, jumped an astonishing 49 degrees in two minutes. And I think it was 1954 that the first copies of Playboy magazine with a nude Marilyn Monroe centerfold was published. <laughs> And it probably made its way to Spearfish, South Dakota that same year. That was before guys started losing their testosterone. If the answer is eat more whole foods, the question is what would be a good sales pitch for the new Dunkin' Donuts commercials? What would be a good sales pitch for the new Dunkin' Donuts commercials? Eat more whole foods. And can I buy you a cup of coffee, my dear? <laughs> Dicks to tails, they take your mind off your mind. A little housekeeping here. If you like these podcasts or my spoken word story CDs at DickSummer.net or my book, Staying Happy, Healthy, and Hot at Amazon.com, would you please tell a couple of friends because they might like them too and you would be doing me a favor. Thank you very much. No sex nonsense. One third of young American guys are now afraid to talk a woman into bed. Maybe they need some suggestions. So here are a few, like uh, when she smiles, ask her if she's smiling because of the time that you and she are spending together. Huh? Ask her if she'd like to listen to some popcorn popping with you. Then when the corn starts popping, offer her a glass of cold orange juice. Or just butter her toast right away for her while it's still warm so the butter sinks all the way in. Or you could tell her she has smoky eyes. Or smile, give her a whole bag of Oreos. Or smile, give her a single perfect rose in bloom. How about asking her if she'd like to enjoy a summer sand, sea, and sunset with you? Go walking on a summer beach together at dusk. Or just whisper, you're beautiful, in her ear in the middle of the night. Sometimes... It even happens with no words, like this.
A good headhunter is a genuinely dangerous guy. He's deadly. He's a street fighter. And that's you. You find jobs for high-powered executives. You're good at it. Maybe the best. You love it. You love the excitement. You love the challenge. You love the money. The money and the toys, those are the headhunter's trophies. Condo on the beach. A personal jet. Garage full of fancy automobiles. But you're also a nice guy. So you were glad to introduce a friend of yours to exactly the right person to fill an important opening in his company. You didn't take a fee for that one. You made it a birthday present to him. And she was a perfect fit. Right from the first day. Smart. Driven. Well-connected. She was so perfect and they worked so well together, as a matter of fact, that they fell in love. That happens. But it made a problem for you and for your wife because you and your wife have known your friend and his wife since you double dated in college. When he told you what was happening, you were very glad that he was so obviously happy. You might have been just a little jealous of the passion that his new mistress brought to his life. And for some reason, you couldn't help feel sorry for his wife as she watched 15 years of marriage melt away in their amazing lust. That surprised you because you never really liked his wife. Maybe she was a little bit too much like you. Headstrong, clever, a little bit ruthless. She had an annoying habit of blowing loose strands of hair out of her eyes with a quick jet of breath. She did that because she didn't have time to do it with her hands. They were always busy doing something else. On a summer night that started out innocently enough, you and your wife invited her to dinner at your beach house. They were friends. You felt a little bit out of place. After all, you were the one who introduced her husband to the woman who became his mistress. So after dinner, you decided to leave the women to talk things over. And you went for a walk by the ocean. It was a soft summer night. The tide was out, and there was an almost full moon. You built a bonfire. You kicked off your shoes and lay down and just stretched out on the sand. It was the first time in a long time that you just let go. You started thinking about your own marriage. It was mostly okay, except for the affair that your wife had for about six months with her boss. You almost lost her. But when he tried to get her to leave you, she told you about it instead. Naturally, you were angry because she had slept with another man. But you were also relieved because she told you about it. You were kind of proud because she chose you over him. You both decided to be intelligent about it, to use your heads to put things back together again. But it never completely worked out. Things were always just a little off-center ever since then. Like a day that starts out in a strange town with the wrong radio station on your clock alarm. You knew she was there before you saw her. You could feel her watching you as she walked toward you carrying her high-heeled shoes and swinging her hips in that smooth, confident way that you found almost insulting. 
She said, your wife has gone to bed, and I wanted to thank you for dinner and your hospitality before I go. The ocean breeze was playing in her long, soft, loose-fitting, simple, dark blue dress, lifting it in quick little puffs, silhouetting quick glimpses of her body's slopes and curves against the firelight. She was smiling that irritating smile of hers. She had startlingly white teeth and soft, muscular lips that obviously had a challenge about them. But the biggest challenge was in her eyes. It was almost an animal challenge, and it, it bothered you. That self-confident boldness in her eyes. And then the firelight did a curious thing. It caught in her eyes for just a moment a hurt, frightened little girl inside that proud, angry, self-disciplined woman. And when that happened, suddenly your hunter's instincts kicked in and everything went into a kind of a slow motion. All of your senses magnified the things around you and you caught a trace of her perfume in the ocean air and the sand became satin soft. The ocean was a rumble somewhere in the dark and her voice was making small half words only fingertips away. Her skin looked cool but her eyes were warm and shining in the firelight and moist around the edges as if she were sweating inside. You're a bright guy. You're headstrong, you're ruthless. You're a dangerous hunter. And you understand this deadly game. It could cost you your home, your marriage, all the things you love, all the trophies of an entire lifetime's hunting. But her lips were soft and muscular in the summer night. And her eyes flashed an animal challenge in the firelight. And most important, a hurt little girl looked up from your arms and smiled. And in the end, the heart is still the deadliest hunter of them all. Sometimes, words just get in the way.
The story is called The Headhunter's Woman. It's from my Night Connections 2 spoken word story album. If you like it, you can just keep this podcast. Or if you want a fresh copy, just go back to DickSummer.net, download it from the Night Connections 2 icon on the opening page. Or if you like a free download copy, just send me your email address and I will send you a complimentary free download. My email is dick at dicksummer.net. And it only works on the email. The uh, Facebook doesn't work for this because there's no room on it. Again, my email is dick at dicksummer.net. No sex nonsense affects one-third of young American guys. They're afraid to try talking a woman into bed. So we've been giving these guys some suggestions. How about getting her shower exactly the right warm temperature and then asking if she'd like you to shampoo her hair slowly and then rinse it squeaky clean? Or how about you just give her a quick, gentle kiss on the back of her neck and show her the little hairs on her arm standing up? Because they probably will. And ask her if she was ever so happy that she started to cry, and then cried so hard that she started laughing again. (laughs) That does happen. But best of all, I got to admit, I like starlight and soft, warm sand under your toes on a warm summer beach with a small bonfire for toasting marshmallows. Because that's one way to start an all-night kiss. And then, well... I think words would just get in the way. Time to tuck you in now. I'm Dick Summer, and I hope you'll come back soon for a gentle place to fall. Quiet place to rest your head. Safe place to hide a hurting heart. Nice and easy now. Couple of deep breaths. Come on. There you go. Just one more. That's better. All the way to sleep. All the way to sleep. Good night.